Cameron. Yes, and today the topic is uh, it. Our, our topic today came from a video that we did. We did a video. Yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Me neither. But <laughs> it's it's on YouTube. It's we we filled out a Disney Pixar madness bracket, and this topic that we're Mulan we're talking about today came out of that. It. Doesn't necessarily mean it won, so you'll have to see the video to find out how we arrived at that. Got to figure out how we arrived at <laughs> recording Mulan today. Yes. Hopefully Cameron, it's just the first in a series of podcasts that we'll do about the Disney Yeah. Movies. After doing that video, we really felt like we wanted to do so many of the movies. Even the ones eliminated first round, there are so many that I definitely want to cover. So let us know which Disney movies are your favorite and show us your madness brackets so <laughs> we <laughs> want we you can to get see. mad with us so cameron had never seen through that we found out cameron had never seen mulan i i did not watch mulan as a child it's and it's surprising crazy. it is i um i wonder if it was catered a little bit more towards girls yeah Have i you feel seen like there's that's part of the reason why i didn't get into it is yeah. just because there was nothing for me initially to relate to it by from what I knew about it. So mm-hmm. it was not something I sought out immediately. I also saw that they didn't put much marketing into it. Because really? Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules were the oh, two wow. that preceded it. And they spent yeah a lot of money on those. And I think Hunchback, I'm not sure if that was as profitable. Well, neither neither of them were Hercules or Hunchback. So they, didn't, they, they were apprehensive about Mulan since the past two hadn't been as successful as like lion king and aladdin which is right. what they were trying to get and that's very interesting i mean if you think about just toy story was that movie right in the middle of the 1990s mm-hmm. i think that cradled the first half versus the second half and these movies you just mentioned were released in the second half versus aladdin and the lion king which were in the first half of the 1990s right. so what happened in the middle of the 1990s so yeah i guess 3d everything? started coming in and competing with 2d yeah that's yeah. It's very interesting to think about as well. We think yeah. about these so movies and the brackets had. I mean, we found ourselves struggling a lot with the differences between the two D and the three D animations. Yeah, for sure. And not knowing which one to really root for more. Yeah, it, it, for those who don't know, Mulan came out in nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. And Lion King ninety four. What were you doing in nineteen ninety eight? What were I you doing, Zeleni? I was four. What were you doing when you were four? I'm trying to think of what <laughs> I was doing when I was four. I mean, probably going to watch Mulan in the theaters. <laughs> it's true. I, I loved Mulan. I loved the horse back then. You know, I had like little figurines of the horse. Of the horse? Yeah. Oh, the horse. Kong. Oh. Are there any horse movies that you like? Back then, yeah, but no, I'm I'm over horses. I think the one that we <laughs> watched was Black Beauty because it was like oh, based off of, of a short story or something. No, yeah, everyone had to watch Black Beauty. It's a that's like <laughs> classic kids yeah, horror story. It's so dramatic and depressing. Whatever, off topic, <laughs> but Mulan, I liked the horse and Mushu, and you know, as a kid, you just like the animals. 
that not true? Uh, it's true. That's why everyone loves Lion King so much. Because it's, it's just all animals. That's right. <laughs> Kids want Zootopia. them. Zootopia. Yeah. Though Zootopia takes it a whole other level because they're all dressed up well, like Right. Humans. They're like people animals. People Whatever. Animals. If you want a Zootopia <laughs> Hikey <laughs> Book Club, let us know. Uh, tweet us at Hikey Book Club. Instagram us at Hikey Book Club. If you want us to do Zootopia. Or like our Facebook page. If you like, if you want us to do any Disney movie, they're gonna be like every Disney movie. I know, but people have favorites. It's true. And then speaking of, I mean, you know, I just want to get, knock this out of the way, but the brackets thing is a really, really cool idea. And I had mentioned to Zeleni that I feel like you could do a bracket, a, a madness, Disney madness for the older Disney movies too. I mean, a lot of all of these movies. I think the oldest one was really The Little Mermaid from the late '80s. Yeah. I was saying that you could make just as easily right. another Disney brackets for Well, because I was upset Alice in Wonderland that. wasn't in. Right. Cameron made a good point that the bracket was like post 1980s, like mm-hmm. late 1980s. Rachel, we, we tried to wear Disney shirts in the video. Tried. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go watch the video on YouTube uh, where our channel is just Hikey Book Club. So let's move. Well, first off, before we get going how are you already did enough (laughs) i know but i'm just wondering how are you i'm great you're good (laughs) (laughs) we're we're we have to be recording this on easter oh i just think it's cool (laughs) and we're on april fool's day just kidding no it's actually true we are on april fool's day milan (laughs) milan okay so we 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 got into a little bit how uh, it's timeline and the context of it. It was actually the first feature to come out of the Disney Animation Studios in Orlando. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause so the Disney Animation Studios that are now today responsible for... I forgot. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm actually not sure which have come out of Orlando post Because that. this would make a lot of sense, if so. Because, you know, we're going to talk about in the animation section of this podcast about how... I noticed that it was a there were combinations of 2D and 3D yeah, animation at work. Yeah. Only in the transitions, really. Not so much in the action, but... Right. Yeah, not in the action, just in the backgrounds. Exactly. Say. Yeah, I mean, it was a time of, like, mixing up. Like, you see it a lot in Hercules, too, which was immediately before this. Music is great in Hercules, though. I had some no, problems with we're not <laughs> one of the relationships. That, well, well, like, the, the, the lead woman. Which is the same, it's sort of the same problem I have with Mulan, which we'll get into. I guess. Okay, we're in the non-spoilers, kind of. I understand. The music in Mulan is iconic. We're in the non-spoilers. Just so if this is your first time joining us, <laughs> this uh, section is totally free of spoilers. So we'll try to give you an honest review if you haven't seen Mulan. And give you, that'll give you a chance to, after you listen to this section, go check it out if you haven't seen it. And then come back and hear what we have to say now. Mulan. <laughs> what is what do you think the budget was? Did you look that up? Unfortunately, my <laughs> eyes glanced over, oh, okay. but if I had to guess it, I would say like 40 million. No, 90. Expensive. And 30 million in marketing, which we usually mm. don't like usually the marketing is huge. We've talked about that, but I I usually don't see a number for that when I research stuff, but here I did because of the significance that the previous ones had double the marketing budget because, but they, they flopped a little. Mulan was a success. Did you look up the box office? I glanced at it. <laughs> if I had US to guess. U.S. and worldwide? 
See, so my problem is that I don't know how to account for the, the prices of movies back in the 90s and the numbers of people, um, like what were the averages that people were going out to movies for and what movies true. were returning. Well, I have some facts to put in perspective, but I feel like add. Mulan, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. would have brought like around 250 million. Worldwide or US? Worldwide. 304 million. Oh. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Cool. I mean, very good. Uh, U.S. like 120. U.S. and Canada. So it was the second highest grossing animation of that year. Do you know? So wait, it was 120 U.S.? Yeah. That means it only recuperated all of its costs in the U.S. U.S. and Canada. That's crazy. Did you, do you know what was the highest grossing animated feature of that year? (gasps) The year of 1998? Yeah. The highest grossing feature? Yeah, this was the second animated feature. I don't. Bugs Life. Uh Pixar. (laughs) <laughs> wow that's yeah. cool yay a bug slide <laughs> that's good it was it was like monumental i think for the time yeah oh yeah bugs life was great no nobody else was doing we're doing 3d animations yet right and now it's all just disney disney well not really but you know now look it's just at funny it's funny that industry disney, it's the standard yeah disney. we don't even do 2d like if you do 2d 2d you're oh it's sad because I love 2D. That's my favorite. I really think Disney should bring that back. I really think Disney should bring the 2D animation yeah. studio back. If you agree, would you tweet us at Heike Book Club? <laughs> I agree for sure. I'll we would definitely love to <laughs> talk to you more about that. Yeah. So it was the first, I said, first Disney feature out of Orlando. First Disney, like Disney expanded around this time to Orlando. And they were just supposed to do shorts and stuff, but they ended up doing features. Because they grew a lot, obviously. I saw somewhere it was Disney's first DVD. Disney's first? Yeah. DVD? Yeah. That is very interesting. And that wouldn't surprise me. I guess. It's around that time. That's crazy. (laughs) And there were sequels that were like straight to DVD. I think just one. Mulan 2. You know, for the longest time, Pixar was resistant to ever considering the idea of producing sequels. Until Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 is good. Right. And now they've done Cars 2, Finding Dory, Um, Monsters University. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I would love, I mean, I love Monsters, Inc. Just want to say that. And I hope to maybe do a podcast about Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they used a lot of, like, new software, too. Like, you were talking about 3D and 2D. In Mulan? Yeah. They used, a big one was the crowd simulation thing in that scene, which I guess we'll talk about more in the spoiler part. Right. And (laughs) something else about the animation that I noticed was that all of the moving parts of the bodies of the characters, Mm -hmm. uh, basically, if you were a character, you were in solid colors and anything Mm -hmm. else had a gradient to it. So did you notice that? Kind of. That's kind of a thing in a lot of... I thought it was really cool. It was something I just... I mean, probably is more common than I expected, but Mm -hmm. I definitely noticed it. I'm trying to think what else is non-spoiler. Oh, oh, well, like the cast. They they try to cast a few Chinese voice actors for it. the, The Mulan voice actress was... Chinese and but her singing voice was the girl that did Jasmine's singing voice. Um, Jasmine, like Princess Jasmine from Aladdin, and I think Pocahontas too. And then Jackie Chan apparently voiced Lee Shang in the Chinese dub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Jackie Chan wasn't in the American. But <laughs> yeah, and then we have of course like our comedic relief genie moment of Eddie Murphy as Mushu. That's who I thought. Jackie Chan should have been. Maybe. 
I would funny. like to come back to, you know, if you want to listen to keep listening, I want to talk more about the Eddie Murphy voice acting. Yeah, for sure. It's Donkey 1.0. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Which is a super ironic, but I guess we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, you got to go watch it to hear for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's all. I mean, that we do have a live action coming in pretty much exactly two years from now. Exactly. So if you 2020, March 2020. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> if you haven't seen the original, and you just want to wait. You could always just go see the. <laughs> right. This and one. it's directed by <laughs> or said to be directed by a woman named Nikki Caro. And she's, I think, the third female director hired by Disney to given a budget over 100 million. Whoa. It's only number three. I think Wrinkle in Time must have been one of them. Interesting. That really means something. Yeah. That's important. So what do you feel about Disney's approach to remaking the classic uh, animations as live a action? That's a big can of worms <laughs> because uh, it's yeah. so tiring. It's tiring? It's, well, because it, it's like rehashing, you know? It's just like reusing something you know works and then possibly even ruining it, which happens to about half of them. Do you think they do it for a different generation? I think they, they just do it for the money. They just want everyone that's, loves playing it safe. That's so honest. It it's true though, don't you think? I uh I can't argue with it. I mean, yeah. there's there's that m- motive in it because it's a tried and true brand, right? And so you would yeah. have the parents, who, you know, those who would be mm-hmm. parents now that saw it when they were young, mm-hmm. being like, oh. I saw this when I was young. I wanted you to show my child it now, too. Yeah. It's just like we need original stories. And yes. we, we miss them. And we're over here. Disney's doing rehashes of every movie. The superhero ones are all What if they're going to start making the live action sequels? Like they use <laughs> like they use the live action versions <laughs> as excuses to build entire franchises. Oh, off no. Of <laughs> <laughs> the classic animations, but they keep the classic animations cartoons because they want to preserve their you know historical value as uh, landmark messy. cartoons. It's messy. I I don't like it. I don't love it. It's just like Tarzan. They made it really violent, and you know it's very Hollywood. Mm, it that's just very feels interesting. I didn't see either Tarzan actually. I didn't actually see it, but I saw the preview and it looked just by that. Hey, that's wild. If you can already. Just <laughs> preview, well, and I heard and then I heard that it wasn't good. So <laughs> it, I don't know. I love Tarzan. And, you can't and believe everything that you hear, though. Also, you got to see it for yourself. And these live action things are so Hollywood. Like they take away the music in all of them. There's no musical element. That's a and, good. That's a great point. And. Mulan is the same. There's not going to be music in the live action, which oh, no. was a controversial. Oh, no. That was a very controversial choice. Yeah, we got. That's upsetting. Hmm. I know. Well, the music in this movie is phenomenal. And I wonder if there's there's going to be music in Lion King, though, right? Because there's all these singers that are voicing. That like, would be so cool to have like a little side branch podcast where we talk <laughs> about the soundtrack. No, <laughs> <laughs> but Mulan songs are awesome. And I they saw are. I saw one thing that one like one critic said that the music isn't memorable. And I'm like, what? are you kidding? Like some of these songs reflect. If I had listened to them as a child when I was what, you know, because the Lion King songs were impressionable on me. And yeah. I remember them to this day. If I had watched Mulan and gotten into those songs when I watched it, then yeah, I probably still remember them to this day. No, I love, uh, I'll make a man out of you. It's just so motivational. Like it's outside 
clearly because of the movie, like, I'll make a man out of you, no matter your gender. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like, oh, it's hard. It's, it's weird. <laughs> well, but it's motivational. I'm saying me as a woman, I still get motivated by that song. Well, with that being said, are you, are you ready to move on to some deeper topics? I guess so. And thanks for <laughs> coming back to the other side with us. So in part two here, we are going to dive a little deeper into what we think about this movie, what our initial reactions are, and some of them that we've sat on for a little bit longer, ideas and thoughts. Just say spoilers. <laughs> uh, that. No. So don't listen if you haven't seen it. Even though I think a lot of people have seen it. Cameron is one of the rare, rare ones that had it. I think you should say like what, what you thought of it uh, as a first time watcher. Ooh. Ah. Uh, it hit me like a Disney movie should hit me. That being said, though, there were a number of elements that I couldn't I, I couldn't get over certain aesthetic choices, I think, to mm-hmm. really dive into the story of the movie. And then before I knew it, it was over. Just like, I guess, and that. The main two were Eddie Murphy as a voice actor. You were mad at it? It's not that I was mad at it, but I could I after the you know after the fact of shrek i guess so you can't unhear donkey i can't unhear donkey Got it. and so donkey was the donkey being the first eddie murphy anime even though mushu was first exactly i still like and i could kind of and i eddie murphy's more authentic as donkey uh it's more like authentic eddie it makes murphy, more I sense. Say. yeah yeah and in this context it's like this should have been jackie chan <laughs> <laughs> Not, I guess not Eddie Murphy. It just it did not l- it didn't sync up right for me. I felt mm-hmm. like it was Eddie Murphy for the sake of Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but that yeah, I mean it was because yeah. they liked him. I mean I like him. I like the the Spanish version of this a lot because the, the comedian that voices Donkey in Spanish is also the voice of Mushu in Spanish, and he's really funny. I I like him a lot as a voice actor. I saw I, I see. I've never seen any of his work. Who? What's his name again? Uh, Derbez. Derbez? Mm-hmm. I should not speak Spanish <laughs> <on a> live <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Derbez, he's really funny. So I've seen this movie like pretty much half and half, like Spanish and English, like a lot. And no Mushu as Derbez a lot too. They wanted like a genie moment. Uh, from Aladdin? Yeah. That makes sense because Robin Williams mm-hmm. did so good as the genie. Mm-hmm. They wanted a similar thing. And it worked. It worked. Mushu's still really That's iconic. so interesting. I didn't think about like getting these specific comedian actors to play the kind of like comic relief roles. Yeah. as They also helped the protagonists get their goals. Right. Part of me was thinking about this for, what's his name? Uh, I mean, the Lion King. Like, I was thinking, how does that apply? Well, you've got... Timor and Pumbaa. Yeah, and I can't remember his name now. The guy who plays Mr. Bean. Oh, Rowan. Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. <laughs> he is the voice of Zazu. Oh, yeah. And then you have Whoopi Goldberg as one of the hyenas. But she's not like... And she's kind of like a comic relief for sure. But right. like also a voice of reason. The, the comic relief was very neat in Milan. It's kind of a drama. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw like the Wikipedia thing, it was like... Mulan is an animated musical comedy drama what? film. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Somebody could not decide. Yeah, but 
Did you come across anything about the casting choices for Eddie Murphy, like the process? That for it? just, well, I think they just like approached him. I see. Yeah. So they did, did they write the part for him? You think? I don't know. They originally had a song for him actually, but then the song got dropped because it didn't really fit Eddie Murphy. Well, that's good. What if <laughs> what if they had gotten Will Smith? Like has Will what? S- oh, so Will Smith? What did Shark Tale? Oh yeah, that was good. <laughs> I never saw I Shark, liked Tale. Shark Tale. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, but I think the comic relief was needed. Just it was war. It was one of the first. I think the the first Disney movie to involve like war warfare. Pocahontas. Was that before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not warfare. That's why people conquering. <laughs> Brutally. I mean, this was pretty serious. This is war. more like I mean, governments. Uh, I don't know. There is no Disney movie with the like hunter scary. I just find that hard to Maybe. believe. Maybe okay. I don't know. <laughs> but that's I one mean, of the things I saw. But it might have just not been accurate. I also want to talk about like how it has one of the most terrifying villains <laughs> of all time. I mean, he's so he's very general in my opinion, but then. What do you mean general, like personality-wise? Yeah, like yeah. just very basic. Yeah. Like there's nothing, like there's no disconfigurement or like what? size or... Yeah, there is. He's humongous. He, he is humongous. <laughs> he's giant <laughs> for human. But like he's not like a beast. Yeah, he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like as dehumanized as possible. He's like, like... Really sh- dehumanized yeah. Mongolians. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like in... He's like permanently in shadows. Well, he's like gray. All the Huns are gray for some reason. They have gray, gray skin and yellow eyes. Yeah, the black. yellow eyes. It's like the eyes are the only part that have color, and I mean, they're like yellow. Yeah, they make. They're not human. <laughs> they look like zombies, basically. Pretty dehumanizing, but I mean, it helps to make them scary. And I think that scene where they come down from the mountain is one of the scariest ever. Like. It really is. I mean, it reminded. There was a moment where it reminded me of the Mummy. I know. I, d- oh, I doubt you've ever haven't seen the Mummy. You've never seen the Mummy. <laughs> no. I think it's like 2001. <laughs> but I loved the Mummy when it had come out. And there's there are these really epic scenes of whole deserts of mummies basically <laughs> running across the desert. And so it had reminded me of that. Also, Lord of the Rings. Mm. Uh, Lord of the Rings, specifically the second one, the two towers. There are iconic scenes of like giant armies about to approach Dang. each other. That's so scary. It was nuts to see how... Now, one of my favorite sequences, though, was when Mulan was about to try... Or was trying to aim the cannon uh-huh. over to the mountain mm-hmm. and watching both her deciding to take that action and doing it. Mm -hmm. And then also the villain's reaction as it's slow, it's a slow reaction because he keeps running thinking he's about to get her. And Mm -hmm. then he turns around and then seeing like him realize what's about to happen. That was just so epic to me. (laughs) And it's so cool how that comes back around at the end when he realizes that it's the warrior from the mountain. (laughs) Gosh. And, And it's like the, (laughs) I feel like those are the two times where we ever see him have any non-menacing like look on his eyes Mm. on his face. That's true. Very when he's faced with Mulan, Mulan. yeah, warrior like (laughs) a warrior that's like more powerful than him because he definitely thinks that he's the ultimate (laughs) masculine warrior. (laughs) He's so gross. Oh god! Definitely. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah that that whole scene is very 
exciting. The action. It really the is. The mountain. I mean, I remember always being like, like feeling it in my heart, like being scared at that scene. Exactly. And then they don't stop. They keep, they keep going with it as this like landslide. Yeah, afterwards. exactly. They're like surfing the snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, I love this movie so much. <laughs> And then, well, okay, we have the obvious, like, feminist Obvious theme. feminist. <laughs> theme. Yeah, it's true. It's a big For theme. 1998. I, like, yeah. I'm not mad at it because it's 1998. You know, it's like, there's problematic things, like, always when you deal with, like, gender hiding yeah. things. Or, well, you know, it's so interesting. When I was in the middle of watching it, there was a moment where I had pulled back and realized okay they had they wanted to make a specific story about a specific theme in the movie that i felt like surpassed all of the the plot points like there's a difference between plot and theme you know mulan became the face the voice of a specific topic that was at the time unique in disney's approaches to these things however uh like we had listened to in i don't have her names in front of me <laughs> but and to say like where i came from well right all right <laughs> so i'm in the american studies major at ut and <laughs> they had a senior thesis symposium last year that i attended and one of the presenters was an american studies senior that had been working all year on a thesis about Mulan, questioning if she was a cherry blossom or woman warrior. Mm -hmm. And so I got curious to look up what the woman warrior was all about in literature. It's like a literal literature theme um, that there have been, there are a number of stories and it's a popular scholarly topic right now Mm -hmm. because of its, you know, stereotype changing approach to, Mm to, to gender studies. And so in her talk, in this uh, senior's talk, she discussed about how Mulan simultaneously questions gender roles while also reaffirming them. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I would consolidate her argument mm-hmm. uh, because it doesn't go far enough, in her opinion, to really push the capabilities of what the, the, the equity of women and men mm-hmm. uh, because ultimately Mulan as a woman has to take on the role of a man, the appearance of a man and the whole culture of masculinity in order to get what she wants Mm -hmm. in the movie. So that's where I feel conflicted because it's like, well, at a time like that in like a more ancient type of society, it's hard. Like it's already, it's such a sexist society that it's like, you can't expect Milan to just break it all apart and get us to now, you know, (laughs) 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 just her like as a person. So it's like very, it's an empowering story still, even though they show a lot of parts of this really sexist society, but it's more accurate to how society was back then. Mm-hmm. She's doing all she can. It's true. <laughs> she can't, yeah, she can't like change all of her society right away. <laughs> so I still accept it as like a feminist moment. What did you think about when she had to, when they were, they were trying to infiltrate the, I guess the palace at the end mm-hmm. and they, she had <laughs> to get drag. the three. <laughs> Stooges I liked it. I to dress liked up it. in drag. I liked as, it. They were like geishas. Yeah, they were concubines, which is kind of inappropriate <laughs> oh for children, gosh, but children don't generally know what that means. But, but seriously, <laughs> like this is a Disney movie. Because <laughs> kids don't know big words like concubine. You know? Oh, man. 
But it was a smart idea, even though it's it's just like silly. Cause I I like how Mulan does that. Like it's very dramatic, and then suddenly it comes with something really silly. Like whether it's <laughs> Mushu, but sometimes not Mushu. That's just like kind of out there. Like <laughs> like that moment. Like obviously they go shopping. Like I don't know, you know. But it's not necessarily practical, but it it provides like a nice little surprise of like comic relief in this very intense atmosphere. It's true. Yeah, I like very Disney. I mean, it, it's it was cute, and they they served a purpose of like distracting and getting the guards out of the way. I'm just curious. Do you have anything else on your mind about the feminism in the movie? Well, yeah. I mean, I just the the montage where she it's just so touching. Like where she the montage of her like well two montages <laughs> the one first where she like takes her father's stuff and cuts her hair like that cutting hair moment is like sometimes i fantasize about just doing that just because that looks fun to just cut your hair (laughs) with a sword perfectly does she do it herself (laughs) yeah with a sword with the sword like i that montage of her deciding to go is like awesome and then makes very powerful choices as a woman and it's nice that later she acknowledges it's like wait maybe it was for my father for sure, but it's also, I think I needed this myself mm-hmm. so that I had something to be proud of because she was bad at being like a typical woman. I guess you're right. Well, Because yeah. she, she says it herself, which is cool that she at least recognizes that she can be good at this. And then the montage of... But she sacrificed herself for her father. For sure. No, yeah, that was clear. obviously the main reason. And it was a good sort of bonding thing between her and Shang to be able to relate to like loving their fathers. And one part I just really did not like was when Eddie Murphy. I don't get why you hate that part so much. It was just a part. I ran she, he's just like, you like him. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's what's so bad about one that? One Eddie Murphy imitation what's, today. What's so bad about that? Well, I, it's just an awkward scene. But I like... Uh, it's fine. It just goes back into the fact that you have to have a romantic subplot right. in every story. Well, that's Disney for you, for sure. But, I mean, at least her motivation... At least her motivation in, in general is family-related. That's already, like, a step up for Disney. When the motiva- the main motivation is the father. Stepping in for the father. Rather than finding love. That's true. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And... The the whole it's a side plot the romance it's kind of an afterthought which is better for me truly is an afterthought because of the fact that he comes at the very end right <laughs> just to say like can I have dinner yeah oh cute <laughs> they're cute I like them they get married in Milan too I the think. little hints along the way though of like their connections it's just kind of a little. There's a little bit, it just feels a little weird because... Well, I guess that it has been man- mentioned like, oh, he fell in love with him while he's a man. Yeah. So he's yeah. gay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Disney, uh, you know. I feel it. You know, I, 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 feel I, believe, it. I firmly believe we're going to get to a point where there's a gay Disney protagonist. Oh, at yeah. At some that's, point. That's got to be in the pipeline already. Waiting patiently. They're, they've like already made it and they're just waiting for... Uh, <laughs> waiting for a Christian to... Keep- to be distracted or what? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's really in the vault. <laughs> oh. <laughs> pull it out. Oh, I hope so. Waiting patiently. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this becomes an audiogram. <laughs> no. Then my other 
favorite montage, probably one of all time, is I'll make a man out of you montage. Uh, Just, uh, it's so motivational. It makes you want to, like, train for something. It's true. <laughs> Speaking of training, I think we're going to hit up the no. gym after this podcast. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, and... It's important to well, be healthy, y'all. Listen, the, the girl in the thesis you mentioned, what she mentioned that made me very shook was how the pole that she climbs up on is like a phallic symbol. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. So she, she just like casually said it in the sentence. <laughs> she did. And I'm just I was shook. I'm like, oh my gosh, she climbed this big penis. Like, <laughs> like wow, she she overcame to get this it. Arrow. <laughs> yeah, to get the arrow. Wow. Had y'all ever thought of that? Because I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> Telling She's you, the, the American one. Studies Department really gets into <laughs> some deep topics here. It's true. Like that's yeah. That's when you we spend a year researching Milan. You get you get that. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's really like the level you get to. You come to the realization that everything has a phallic symbol, <laughs> a shape to it. I mean, these microphones. So, man, oh, man, <laughs> ruin everything, I swear. So Moving she, right along. She, yeah, she overcomes the, <laughs> the phallus. <laughs> She's the only one out of all the men, which is symbolic. Such of, a strong metaphor for this movie. It is, exactly. She saves China. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And then, well, one... One fun fact. I don't know if you, I don't think you saw in the credits or what, but uh, I didn't <laughs> happen to read the credits. No, 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 not in the credits. But I don't know when. Like so the opening credits. No, listen. No, you know, you know how every main theme of every Disney movie has to have a pop version of like a pop star singing it. Well, that's what we had, right? With Stevie Wonder. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like a song from the movie. So for Mulan, it was Reflection. Oh. And it was sang by Christina Aguilera. Is Reflection the, like, my strong dream song? Yeah. (laughs) The one, you know, Reflection is amazing. I love that song. And I, you know, it's so relatable. Christina Aguilera? Yeah. So she sings the pop version. You know how, I think Moana, you said, had Alicia Cara sing That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So but there was an, the Elton John versions of the Lion King yeah, songs, but they weren't go. actually used in the movie. Right. Exactly. So all the there's always like a big song and then they make a pop version to play on so the credits. So Aguilera did this one. Yeah. But I didn't Reflection. realize. Yeah. in in the in the research, I didn't realize that that is what launched her career. No way. Yeah. Way. She after that song. No big D guys. Yeah. After she sang that song on the soundtrack, she was signed to a record label that's incredible to rca well so without mulan we might not have ever got christina Aguilera. no like she was a disney kid though but uh, like she was, was she on the disney channel no she was in that thing that like britney was in and mickey mouse club that's what it's called i know <laughs> justin timberlake it was an it was an important show <laughs> she was in that but this is what made her like outside of just being a disney kid she she became like a pop star and a huge one that's amazing. Yeah. I happened to have lip synced a Christina Aguilera song. Which one? I Am Beautiful. Wait, was it Christina Aguilera? No, it was Jennifer Lopez. Cameron, you don't Get know your pop here. divas. I don't think I have much else. At all? No. Really? What do you have? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't actually know. We've covered quite a lot of ground today. I'm really happy with this movie and... 
I'm wondering how it does on our Disney Madness chart. Oh, yeah. You should go check out our video to see that. This Do we have any shout outs today? Yeah, we always have a shout out. Now. This week's shout outs. Do you know who? Uh, Pam. Yeah. How'd you oh, know? What the hell? <laughs> because I'm actually maybe starting to pay attention to our Twitter. Wow. Yeah. So Pam has she's. She went and liked our Facebook, Facebook page. page. Yeah, so, so shout out to Pam. Yeah, she <laughs> she's holding it down for Heike Book Club. She Thanks is. so she much for... She likes us on Instagram and follows us on Twitter and likes us on Facebook. So she, she hit all three. We really appreciate your support, Pam. Thanks. <laughs> yes. And, and our grade for Milan. Ooh. <laughs> it's so hard to grade every time because everything we do is so different. Oh... I'm going to be rude. <gasps> I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, rude. I give it an A. A plus. <laughs> Are you starting to notice the divisions here on the <laughs> club between Zeleny and Cameron? Yeah. It's just because you, you don't have the nostalgic element, which is important. This is factoid. Yeah. So Factodal. It, if, I had, if it was my first time, I don't know how I would think. Well, I'm sure that there might be a point or two that I forgot about <laughs> that i wanted to talk about with mulan but we'll have to cover maybe we'll have a section to meet those on the next podcast but thank you for listening to number 19 yeah number 19 <laughs> we're coming up to our big bank d caramba we're coming up to the 20th podcast and yeah. we're really really thrilled that you could come along on the ride with us it would um, probably be big little lies i can say that because probably we already warned y'all <laughs> we had sent mm. out a notice that <laughs> big little lies might be the next one that we cover because we've uh we've both watched it now yeah, and good. i'm actually i'm very excited to talk about yeah, it yeah y'all should go watch it for sure absolutely a great a plus acting a list truly yeah so we will catch y'all next Tuesday. I hope y'all had a great Easter and you'll be hearing from us.